So I hope by now you guys have heard all the buzz about the She Writes for Him Stories of Resilient Faith book that I actually helped co-author. I can't believe I get to say that alongside podcaster and coach author. Like that's so cool. But the coolest part about all of it is being alongside other women who also get to say that they're authors, but with such humble servanthood with such beautiful depth and transparency. And you all know how much I love the power of vulnerability. And to sit alongside Don Scott Damon and Nikki Godsell in this conversation, I was continually amazed by the aha moments and and the truth behind what it is that God is doing in his girls. And this is not just for this specific generation. I believe this is for generations to come. And so we are calling out that shame will not be the burden that weighs his daughters down. That shame will not be the covering that inhibits us from our growth and standing in our purpose and our identity. Instead, we stand in victory. We stand with our heads held high. We stand knowing that we are fully known fully worthy. And these two women did that in such an incredible way by sharing their own testimonies in this story. Alongside the 20 other women who also co-authored the piece, I really, really hope that this meets your nightstand soon. And you can get the book on my website at tamaraandress.com slash the dash book. You can also go over to Redemption Press. But overall, we're just grateful that you all have the opportunity to know that above all things, even the painful, dark secrets of our heart, that there is abundant life and God establishes himself in those places so that we don't have to be in the dark anymore. This is your God wink, the moment that heaven says for such a time as this. It's time to own your joy, prioritize your health, discover your wealth, and exude your wholeness. It's time to become truly fit. However, this isn't a fitness podcast, though I'm a retired personal trainer and nutritionist. This isn't business jargon or tips and tricks to landing your successful passion project, though that's totally why I'm a business coach. This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy, though I'm all for therapy and I love whole foods. I do have a YOLO side sweet tooth though. This isn't confusing religious banter, though I'm an ordained minister still figuring out the many things and facets and faces of Jesus. It's really none of that. So I'm wondering if you're wondering, what is this? Well, This is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shakers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories and discoveries with each of you fellow passionate seekers. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment, and to be totally transparent, my own entrepreneurial crash and burn experiences. I've learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all. It's not about our qualifying abilities or titles. It's not about our potential. It's truly about our God-gifted passions meeting our purpose. You are one step away from achieving your idea, your dream, your calling, your purpose, whatever you want to call it. And I want to be there for the moment that you say yes in freedom, clarity, and confidence that you are living fully fit in who and whose you were made to be. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast with me, Tamara Andress. There is no better time than now to get fit. Alrighty, I am so excited for you guys to be here with us tonight. Thank you for joining. Um, For those of you who don't know, y'all, a new book was just launched into the world, and these are some of the authors. So the She Writes for You Hymn book, uh, Stories of Resilient Faith. Um, I'm going to allow them to introduce themselves because they know themselves best, and we're going to start sharing a bit about what it is that this collection of stories means to us and, and where we've been in the story. So, Don, I'll let you go first. Certainly. Well, it's great to be with all of you tonight. My name is Don Scott Damon, and I am a pastor and a speaker and an author. 
And the greatest thing about me is that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and I have 11 grandchildren. So that's the most incredible, exciting thing. That's <laughs> uh, they awesome. range from 20 years old down to one year old. We'll celebrate her birthday tomorrow. So oh, that's, that's exciting. A little bit of from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Awesome. All right, Nikki. I'm Nikki. I wrote chapter three and uh, she writes for him devotional. I have four kids. I have a husband who is a worship leader and we lead small groups at our church and we just love the Lord and try and follow him the best that we can. Even though we are not perfect, we know that he loves us. So yeah, so good. It's really an honor to get to know you guys and to meet you and to see your faces on here. I know it's really neat because I don't know about you guys, but when I jumped in and I'm Tamara, for those who are, are not familiar, we're streaming live for the Fit and Faith podcast right now, but this is not necessarily about that. It's just a hosting platform for this amazing opportunity for us to come together because when I first jumped into the opportunity, I actually didn't even look to see who else was going to be a part of it. Um, I just, I felt like God was leading me in this direction with a multitude of things that had occurred at the She Speaks conference for the last two years that I've attended. Um, and I just, I accepted it. And, and when I got the book and when we started getting the emails, I was like, oh, I guess I should like, feel out what who these other people are that are, are so bold to come in and share stories like these and had no idea the depth that was going to go into them beyond what I knew I was called to share. Um, so tell me a bit about like, how did you choose from all of the options of your life and all of the deep stories that we've experienced? Like, what is that? What did that look like for you as an uncovering process? So I think for me, you know, like you said, there's so many facets of our story that we could let the Holy Spirit highlight. But I think one of the universal things for women is this thought of shame. So many women walk around with the sense of feeling unworthy and the shame and, and guilt. And, you know, we know that guilt says, man, I've done something wrong. I, I've committed a sin. But shame says I am something wrong. There's something flawed with me. There's something intrinsically wrong inside of me. And so I decided to, to write about shame because that's something that I wrestled with in my young adulthood after seasons of abuse as a child growing up, sexual abuse. And I just felt like there wasn't enough showers that you could take. There wasn't enough scriptures that you could read. There wasn't enough makeup that you could put on mm -hmm. that it wouldn't cover the shame. And so um, I, I just felt like that was something that I wanted to communicate to women that that shame is not from God. Yeah. And it's not our it's not our inheritance. It's not what we should be carrying around. Yeah. So I think that's what uh, why I chose to write about shame. It's really good. I, I read your um, your piece and. Obviously, it's like gut-wrenching because you think of those 11 grandbabies, right? And you think about my two babies and Nikki's four babies and your children. And, and it's just, it's so heart-wrenching. But at the same time, like there's so much Jesus in the midst of it. And it makes us have the ability, and this is something I had to walk through myself, to go back to the times of when I was a really little girl and really pinpoint as a grown woman and a daughter of God, like where was God in those moments? Instead of questioning him, instead of like just, you know, writing him off like he wasn't there, but he's here now and I feel great and I'm redeemed, I really truly wanted to know and see him. And so I've sat in the same room as the experience of sexual abuse going on in my own life and the traumas and the choices that I made thereafter um, and the cycles of, of cyber sex and, and sexual intimacy issues that I had to walk through. And I had to find out that he was there even still. And that shame that we carried was like wearing blinders. And yes. it wasn't allowing us to see see him. Yes, that's really so well good. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, Nikki. Yeah. Well, Don, I actually really loved reading both of your pieces in the book because we all used very similar verses. We yeah. all used from the very beginning Adam and Eve's shame from the beginning. We used this like exegetical study in order to formulate our our own 
stories yeah. and how to actually reflect Jesus in that to other people. So I loved how you used Psalm 139 mm-hmm. because you used it in a way where you wouldn't, I, I never really looked at it the same way that you did, even though I experienced, um, I, we have some parallels in our story. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just loved seeing how both of you used Genesis and so did I and Adam and Eve's story, yeah. but yet we correlated it differently in our own story. Yeah. It's just how perfect, I thought it was so wonderful because yeah. the word is alive, right? And it yeah. strategically speaks into each one of our stories into such a powerful way. So I think other women are going to be blessed by that, just to be able to see how we all three use that that same um, content in the Bible in order to speak directly into healing our own wounds. And I think that was really powerful on your part, Don. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thanks God for that. And I think, you know, when we look at Adam and Eve in the garden, as you bring that up, I mean, after the fall and sin came into the world and fear came into the world. And then the first thing they do is they look at each other and they feel exposed. And that in that moment, that was that was almost they felt some sexual abuse right there. Yeah. Like you're seeing me and judging me and I feel exposed. So I want to cover. And that's the nature of shame it doesn't even make sense at times where it's just like, I just want to cover, I want to hide. And so many women who have come out of trauma, they still walk around with the fig leaves covering their, their heart, their personality, their, the beauty of life. They, they cover, they hide, they, they hold up in the back and you know, there's gift in there. You know, there's talent, you know, there's a purpose and a calling of God, but they live small because shame is whispering in their ear. You're not good enough. You're not like those other girls, you know, don't try to get out there. You, you have no business. If people knew who you really were and on and on it goes, that voice of shame, the voice of the enemy in our ears. So um, this book is just filled with stories and your, your stories, you girls of resilient faith of saying, you know what? Mm, not today, Satan. Yeah. That you, yes. used to, you know, you used to get me with that, but I'm going to keep marching on. Yeah, it's so good. And um, I think that that's like, so intentional on God's behalf to like bring together women from across the country, so many different ethnicities and cultural backgrounds and stories. And, and all of us, no matter who you are, where you are, you have a story too. And I don't know, um, obviously Dawn as being a, a best-selling author of multiple books, Nikki, was this your first piece? Yeah. Yeah. So it was my first published piece too, other than blogs. Um, so it's been a fun adventure and it's a definite, I don't know, like when I got the book, I was really excited, um, or actually not the book, but the PDF version of the book. Um, and then I almost sensed that shame being put back on top of me because I was like, I've already been redeemed, but none of these people know that I walked through this. And none of these people know the full redemption story that I've had. What will they think of me if they knew the muck and the grime and all the shameful thoughts that I had already? And I had to walk that out almost again while also being excited about something that God had gifted me. Tell me, did you guys have or have you had those experiences as you've continued to share your stories in like a big way, Don? Oh, yeah, for sure. So my first book was called When the Woman You Love Was Abused, A Husband's Guide to Helping His Wife Overcome Childhood. Oh, we need that so bad. (laughs) That's incredible. And uh, so I wrote it for husbands and helping him because, you know, when a man marries a woman who's been sexually abused, I really think it's kind of like a special needs wife. There's a way that you're going to have to speak to us and care for us. Not that we're high maintenance. It's just the reality that there's triggers inside of us. And so when I wrote that book and then I knew my story was going out, you know, across the world. And I asked my mom and my sisters if they mind, you know, would it be okay? But I just felt like the only way to redeem this thing is to get it out of the shadows. Yeah. The light and let God use it. If God can use our stories, then it makes sense. If I went through all of this just so that for the rest of my life I could live under a bushel, uh, that that doesn't make sense to me. But if I can get it out, submit it to God, say, use it for your glory, Lord, because it's my history, but it's his story. So just for your glory. Um, 
so yeah i felt that coming in and again you know that's that warfare that we have to do right that's yeah. that affirmation that we have to say is like mm, no if you're going to come against me devil to make me feel small and shameful i know i'm on the right path thank you yeah thank that's you. good that's really good yeah it's it's really it's really amazing nikki how did you feel with it being your first piece did you have any of those emotions so for me, I know that Satan is crafty, but he's not creative, right? And as we begin to heal, that's really the foundation that we have to set as we're really in the beginning process of developing a relationship with the Lord. So for me, I've known the Lord for 20 years mm -hmm. prior to, I was a nurse before, an ICU nurse, and uh, he really grabbed a hold of me a couple of years ago and I healed from sexual assault from when I was 13 years old in my, I didn't write about that. I wrote about, um, a couple of things that happened prior to that and it was smaller. It wasn't as, um, traumatic. Mm -hmm. It was just how I felt rejection in the tiniest place from my cheerleading coach mm -hmm. and how that really started me on this path of believing shame and rejection and lies. And that led me into the hands of my mm -hmm. perpetrator. Mm -hmm. sure. And I think God wants people to see that he cares about the small wounds and the big wounds. Mm -hmm. And if we don't get to know, to hear his voice early on in discipleship in that process of sanctification, mm -hmm. then we can easily fall prey to the enemy because his voice sounds like the yeah. Lord's voice yeah. and our hearts are deceitful. So we can absolutely start to follow that and, and really get off track. And so for me, um, when I started reading or when I started writing this book, it was more about really opening up and saying, okay, Lord, I know that Satan has used these things in my past to really get to me. And so I just, I put on like the Ephesians six armor and was yeah. like, nope, put on Head that helmet, yeah. get set and ready, let's go. It doesn't mean that he that I don't get affected, but I yeah. I feel like I've I've caught his the enemy's like um, like scheme, yeah, his scheme, so he can't yeah, attack me there anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's so good. Yeah. And I wanted, I wanted to actually circle back to something Don had shared um, about the first book that you wrote, because I think that this is such a necessity for us to know if you've walked through shame, that the importance of understanding intimacy and mm -hmm. you, I, I think you had mentioned the into me, you see, um, component of intimacy yes. in your chapter. Um, and, and that desire, that deep desire to be fully known. And when you wrote that, I literally got chills because I had had moments, even married, even as a mother, where I was curled up in a bathtub, literally listening to the, the Torin Wells song, Fully Known, just bawling, crying on repeat, on repeat. And it was the desire to just rid myself of everything and let my, allow myself to be fully known. That, that experience and that exchange with the Lord is unlike anything I'll ever, ever like forget and or remember. I mean, that, that is just so necessary. Then we have to take that intimacy experience and that learning that he continues to show us and bring that into your marriage. And that's a hard place. So those husbands need that. They need that word and they need that grace and, um, and they need that understanding that they are enough as well. Because I think that's the struggle that my husband walked through is that like, am I not enough? Because I love you and I do see you and I love you even still. But how come you can't know that love, you know? Right. And not only do they feel that, that they're the second victim yeah. of our sexual abuse, right? They're, they're paying the price for what the perpetrator mm. did to us. And the sad thing is, is that then we feel even more shame. At least I did. I'm not being the wife that I need to be. Yep. I'm not able to. I wish I could just unabandoned, you know, abandon myself is what I mean. And unashamedly let go. And 
and I can't. And, um, you know, it's just not an exciting thing. It's not foreplay for a husband when you're laying (laughs) there crying. No, not Um, at all. It's like, there's just kind of a downer, you know? Um, But isn't that it? It was like, um, and yet in the presence of, in presence of true love, in, real, in the presence of God's love, I could feel those parts of me healing. Mm-hmm. And that's why in this book of resilient mm-hmm. faith stories, she writes for him. Everybody has been willing to lay down the glamour and the glitz and the, and the image and say, you know what, into me, see, let me share a story from the heart with you because what comes from the heart touches the heart. And when we open up and we release what's inside of us, we are more effective then because there are so many people saying you too. Oh my goodness. That's how I, I didn't know anyone else felt that way. So whether it's our husbands, um, whether it's a single woman, whether it's whoever's telling their story, let's let's let Jesus mm-hmm. turn the light on, be, um, get those lies and those that, that whisper and those insinuous, insidious lies from Satan. That was what I'm trying to say that he trips us up with. Yeah. Turn the light on. Get yeah. that out of there. Yeah, and I wanted to share other chapter like um, or other section concepts besides the shame is is loss. Um, I have a lot of people that I'm I'm coaching right now that are walking through this experience of, of a consistent grieving, um, and we do grieving through letting go of shame as well. Um, so I feel their stories so deeply. Abortion is one of them. Uh, depression and anxiety, which. During the the season of the world that we're in right now, I know that's truly going to penetrate hearts in such an incredible way. Like, how good is God that he timed this book when he did? We, I mean, we couldn't have, like, cultivated this and been like, oh, it's a pandemic. Let's put this out. Like, we had no idea. And yet God still reigns. He still gets the glory. We can still have excitement over who he is and what he's done in our lives and what he's going to do if he hasn't already in your lives through a book like this. And the, one of the last um, sections is betrayal, which mm-hmm. that, you know, crosses so many bounds. I don't think there's anything in there that I haven't experienced. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> That's true. That's pretty scary. Yeah, you know? it is. the glory. And... Um, Thank you for bringing up all those chapters because, again, those all those women who share those stories, you know, there's something in their pain that will help others walk through. You know, we walk through that valley of the shadow of death. And praise God for valley walkers. Did you all have people who walked with you and mentored you and were willing to tell you a little bit about what they went through to give you some hope? Yeah, Yeah, I, I absolutely did. Nikki, how about you? Oh my goodness. Every step of the way. I always say that healing is like secondary trauma. You can't walk through that and resurface those dormant things in, in order to have the support system that you need. And I think God planted that support system in my life in the exact time that he knew I would be ready to heal. So my husband was a huge part of that. My pastors, my, I had a therapist during the very first year of my healing that just walked me through crisis. I mean, he was pivotal in the very first year. And then after that, um, my friends and community in my church were were huge in supporting me. And then old friends from college that I hadn't talked to actually resurfaced in my life, even for a short period of time. But that short period of time, they served such a need and a purpose that I never could have seen, and now I'm closer to them than I was before. It just, um, yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. I found it really interesting that, like, as I came in to my healing, it was a simultaneous experience of discovering who I was in the Lord and that I was his daughter. And that self-identity experience and unfolding, I realized the lack in every other relationship that I had had. That I was not, I wasn't living to my fullest self because I didn't know who that self was. 
and I wasn't allowing the inner light that he had already gifted me with fully shine. And I was never to the fullest extent truthful. Um, I was always showing up out of an act, not out of vulnerability. And Mm -hmm. when I made that transition, while it was a healing process and a healing journey over a few years, it happened almost overnight. And the people that were walking alongside me saw this sudden shift because God can do that. He's that good. And it can be scary to the people who have only known you in one way. And when I had to make that adjustment because it was to the detriment of my marriage, it was to the detriment of my life. Like I had suicidal thoughts um, and I had two babies at home. And so um, I just want to encourage people that one, you don't have to be a part of a book to have your testimony reach people. Your testimony matters in the one person. And it matters first and foremost to Jesus who wants you to see the love and resiliency that he's had in your life and in your story all along. Um, But to know that there will be pushback, um, perhaps from the people that love you most. And it's not because they don't love you. It's because they don't understand and they might not have had their come to Jesus moment yet. Uh, that's a really good word. I wish I could stay on longer with you no. girls and keep talking. This is so good. I have another. I'm going to be preaching and teaching. Yeah, girl. As, as well, pastor, so I got to roll. Well, up, I hope but, that this gives you just more vibrancy than you already had. I'm going to play the trailer. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm going to play the trailer when you jump off. Thank you. And you too. And just such a joy. You girls are both beautiful, and your stories are powerful. And thank you for sharing that. I know we'll talk again. Yes, definitely. I want to get the link to that book so I can tag it in the um, notes, too. Okay. All right, Don. Blessings for the rest of your evening. Don't worry, y'all. We're not going anywhere yet. All right. Carry on. Yes. Sisters. All right, Nikki, I'm going to give them the trailer and give us a transition time, okay? Okay, that's yeah. great. Facing the unthinkable. Unveiling shame. Hidden beneath the surface. Would life experiences define my value? Shushed into shame. My father's daughter. The day the world changed. That time I crawled under my desk. The club we do not choose. The loss of a dream. Lost is findable. When you can't feel your legs. The truth that sets you free. Fear makes the wolf bigger than he is. Disqualified. No pain wasted. Hiding. To the wounded girl inside. Everything is everything. Why do I feel this way? Getting real to heal. Season of silence. Worthless. White knuckled driver. Done. I changed my mind. The morning after. Prisoner of hope. Betrayed by others, but beloved by God. Dare to forgive. Do you feel like you've been sitting on the dream God has given you for far too long? Do you feel out of alignment or obedience because of it? Or perhaps you've been spinning your wheels on how to answer God's call, but can't quite define or design it into a business? Maybe you've titled this God dream a ministry, one you wholeheartedly give all of your time and energy to, yet your passion isn't providing the profit you need to sustain your home your first ministry? Do you struggle with the idea of earning money doing something you believe he'd want you to do in servanthood? Do 
you feel unworthy as a woman to possess wealth? Y'all, I get it. I've been in every one of those shoes, and I can promise you the moment I traded those worn-out sandals for his intended comfort, I was able to finally walk the miles it has taken to grow the dream from ideation to activation, catapulting my true passions into my full purpose. And now, while I've had a joy to group coach many women over the past couple of years in a group setting, I still sense there are missing straps to their well-made shoes. So I designed this course, the God Dream Design Course, to walk alongside you intimately until you've claimed the gift of the shoes he has always wanted for you. You're probably wondering if this is the surefire way to claim your roots and discover your wings as a kingdom entrepreneur. Why are we talking about shoes? Well, these aren't Nikes. They aren't Yeezys, whatever the kids call them these days. And I am not giving you sandals like Hermes either. God's shoes truly fly. God's shoes have limitless souls that never wear down. They are promised to get you where he has shown you that you were intended to be. So come along for the ride. Get out of that stuck analysis paralysis state of limitation and develop the mindsets, methods, and models to bring to life the vision he has planned for you before you were knit in your mother's womb. Sign up today for your self-paced program where I will actually provide you live coaching, a community of women to walk this journey alongside, a package of goodies right at your doorstep, and many more incredible deliverables. You can find all of the details on my site at tamraandress.com. Don't forget, Tamara is T-A-M-R-A. I got the good version. Thanks, Mom. But really, girls, it's time to fly. I promise it's as spring as it sounds. See you soon. Ooh, it's so good. It always makes me so happy when I see it. (laughs) It's so pretty. I cried the first time I saw it. Seeing everyone, I was like, this is so cool. I know. It felt so much more real than just having their name on a PDF or in an email thread. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it was so wild. I loved it. It actually made me, like, yearn to go open the other chapters again so I could put that face to the name and their voice and, like, their energies. It was just, it was really cool. You put that together, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. It was really fun. (laughs) You. (laughs) It was was a great joy. I was so grateful to be able to do it. Um, And it says at the end of that, y'all, that we, our book is for pre-sale, but it's actually already getting into the hands of women across the country. Um, I don't know how you um, chose to go about um, like sharing or pre-selling it. Did you sell it through um, just Amazon or, or the Redemption Press site? Redemption Press site. Okay. Is it on Amazon now? Um, I haven't checked yet. I know it's going to be there and also and some Barnes & Noble. Um, I had sold it through my site, so today I had the most gratitude of a, a moment when I got to ship to seven different states. So oh. to think about that, I can't wait to like see what hands it gets into. Amazing. I got all of, our, all of my books in and I had a couple of different speaking events that I was going to oh, take them to. Right. But of course, since the pandemic happened, it, it mm-hmm. completely shut all that stuff down. Mm-hmm. But um, I've been gifting them a lot, Yay. which oh. has been really fun. Just writing like personal messages and love sending them out. Love so. that. Love that. Love that. Well, are you and you're a part. We have a challenge or giveaway going on. Is that ending today? Tonight? Nope. That ends and that ends the day before Mother's Oh, yay. Okay, so we can share about it. Okay, good. So there's a bunch of different giveaways that you guys can enter into. Um, check out our Instagram pages. I'll link them here in the show notes after. And uh, you have an opportunity to win this gorgeous Mother's Day necklace and one of the books. Um, but there will be a lot of other things. You're going to see um, more of the authors um, in the next couple of weeks as the book continues to, to roll out. But it really was an honor to be a part of it. And now I have so many people in my sphere who... There's, they have stories, just like I said, like we all have yes. stories that I'm like, you need to write, like you need to be in the next one because there's, this is a series. There's going to be, I think two more books is the plan right now. So 
been such a blessing. So tell me more about you, Nikki. We started with your intro. I want to know, like, well, I really, I honestly love how you started talking about how, as you started to heal, you started to recognize your true identity mm -hmm. in Christ and how that was hidden under the shame. And I talk a lot about that in my chapter too. So I, I believe that what shame does, it's a sin, right? And all sin is a barrier to really truly getting to know the Lord. And he has to be the one that removes that sin in order for us to get into true relationship with him. So even though I knew him for the longest time, I was terrified of letting him know me because oh, everything that I'd ever heard or allowed to speak into my life was a lie that I wasn't good enough. And so really it took some time for Lord to, for the Lord to really allow a truth to come in there to say, you're enough. Mm -hmm. You just need to surrender it all. Mm -hmm. And when I finally did all of the dirty stuff, not like, I always felt like I had to kind of come to him like a Sunday morning, all yeah. dressed up, ready to go, hair done, makeup on. Yeah. But really, he wanted me like in the morning, yeah. hair in a bun, greasy, <laughs> yes. and like with my jammies on, yes. like a hot mess. Yes. And that, that's really hard for us, especially mm -hmm. if you have fallen prey to victim of, of assaults or trauma because of a victim mentality is that it's your fault, mm -hmm. you know? I heard that in your story. I heard that in Don's story. Mm -hmm. And it's the same across the board. Mm -hmm. Even though we don't have the same stories, there's these parallels that you start to see in other people that you're like, oh, I'm not the only one. Right. So, um, yeah, it's yeah, so I good. I really loved how you tied in that your true identity really starts to come out yeah. when you start to shed that shame. Yeah. So what's so neat and I feel so privileged to be able to do is like help women as a business coach be able to walk through this process. Because before I was a business coach, I was sharing like mind, body, and soul retreats and experiences. And that's how the Fit and Faith podcast was um, created and cultivated. And I realized this incredible experience of understanding that our minds and our bodies and our soul are all working in unison at every given moment of the day, that we are not separate entities. And I'm sure you experienced this from like a body space that like my physical being, I, I kept way over here and I would had my spiritual being and my mental self and I never correlated them because of the shame yeah, you compartmentalized a hundred percent a hundred percent so my 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 workouts and I was I've always really been into my health I was an athlete a gymnast growing up and so it just always was this place of I'm not good enough and it's a shame space um and then when I found that blend and I started walking that out alongside other women where I was actually sharing that transformation People are so eager to grasp hold of that aha moment that we have in our lives. And that aha moment has fully been Jesus. They want him because it's he's unlike any light that you could ever be in front of or be around. The energy is incredible and so much goodness. And I realized like I wasn't able to serve it in a coffee conversation at a coffee shop or in a quick after church conversation. Like, what is it about you? Like, what happened? Tell me your story. Like, you just can't do that that quickly. So that's why I started these retreats. And as the retreats and the coaching experience unfolded, I came into realizing that a part of your identity is recognizing your purpose through that identity. Yes. And that God gives us comes from it. Yes. Totally. At, in like, that's where people, I, I love that space because people show up in such an incredibly different way as an entrepreneur and, and people, you know, ministry leader is also in that space and, and ministry leaders are entrepreneurs and vice versa. Um, it's just, you know, a secular word that people use versus not. But when you are ready to like make your mark and like leave that print, it is transformational for the growth of you as a human being, all of the relationships around you, including your business. Yes. But it's messy too. When oh, yeah. you talk about healing and growing and I mean, 
it goes against everything that our own human nature tells us to do. Mm-hmm. When you grow in Christ, you become dependent upon him. And everything in me as a woman prior to really knowing him said, don't be dependent on anything, anything. or anyone other than you. Yep. So that was a really big struggle in the yeah. very beginning of yeah. this. And it was ugly. And it, yeah. there wasn't like some strategic plan or or AAA meeting I could go to. Or, yes, you know it's what so I mean? true. Like there, was, there was none. Yes. I, and I wanted structure. Yep. I wanted it to be clean. Yes. My defensive walls were like, I am rigid. I need a 12-step program. Yes. Board, yes. And then I'll re- release me to the world. And I will use I'll be fine. for good. And the Lord was like, that is so me that was so me oh my gosh so tell me I know but like this is the problem like I was legitimately like fear fearing my own life it through like sanity and where my my headspace was going and where the enemy was creeping in because at this point I hadn't had that transformational moment with the Lord and Are you talking about prior to yep, prior to when it, everything uncovered at this point and my husband was finding out and I'm like finding out for the first time in the way that I I was and did and um again two babies at home and I was so scared of my life at this and I point. I think it's important to mention here too what you are experiencing or what you experienced was a suppressed memory. Yes. Not that you completely forgot that it happened to you. It's that your mind is so powerful that it kind of hid the details of it in the back of some dormant area so that you could survive. Yes. Yep. And what happens is all of a sudden certain things you start to unravel. Yep. And I actually talk about this in a in an earlier book that hasn't been released yet, but I felt like a circus act. You know, the yes. one where you're on a unicycle or the person's on a unicycle and they're holding poles. With yes. A bunch of plates yes. yes. And I was holding like 19 poles and plates on my head and my hands. And if I lost focus for one yeah. minute, yeah. not one plate would fall. Yeah. Like all of my plates yeah. were going to fall. I was going to come off my unicycle and everything mm-hmm. was going to be disrupted. Yep. And the Lord was like, drop it. Yep. And yep. that's what happened. Me too. And it sucks and it hurts. And you're like, uh, I've, I've worked my whole life to add these plates and figure out how to balance them yeah. and to focus. And you just took everything from me. So, so in the very good. beginning, I was angry as all get out. I was, I, my paranoia was through the roof. Yeah. I mean, I had PTSD mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't sleep at night. I still remember being, I was a, I was on the pastoral team in our last church. I'm up on stage speaking to over 500 people and my nightmares throughout the beginning of this process began to get at me so bad. And I wasn't talking to anyone about them. Mm. So they started to come into my daytime Mm. and my nightmares was, was this man and he, he, every single time I saw him, he would get sicker and sicker. And it was almost like a, like he had leprosy. I was standing in front of everyone. I'm talking. And all of a sudden I see nobody in the room, but this man. And it got to the point where it was so bad. I would be on the playground with my kids and I would Mm. see him and I would have to take a picture with my phone. And if he wasn't there, it was. Wow. But if he was there, which he was never there. And that was the reality. Like, okay. That's what the Lord used. Like, hey, Nick, mm-hmm. you need some help. You need to go talk. Mm-hmm. And that was the beginning of my mm-hmm. journey. It was terrifying. It was scary. All my plates fell. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm a mom of four kids. I'm pastoring at a church. Yep. I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a nurse. I work, you yeah. know, and I'm like, my marriage, yeah. everybody thought was great. It yep. was falling apart. Yep. And it, unless oh. I allowed the Lord to drop all my plates, Everything was going to crumble. I just couldn't see it, you know? It's and so I crazy. I allowed him to heal yeah. from that 20-year-old wound. Yeah. I wasn't really truly going to get to know who I was. Yeah. And uh, I think sometimes that's what needs to happen. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You take you to the really dark, scary places yeah. in order for you 
to finally be willing yeah. to to give it to give it over. Yeah. I tease about it being like my quarter life crisis, but it literally was all of those things. It's so wild because I, I never in, like plan these, these podcasts that, and even like choosing like who was going to be on it. Like I had no idea how aligned our stories are. And so it's yeah. just so like, I have full body chills. Like God is so present right here in this moment with us, even virtually. And I'm grateful for you for sharing. And I think my, my heart in developing the retreats for women was that I didn't have anywhere to retreat. And Mm -hmm. I literally Googled nonstop, like, okay, do I go to an addiction facility? Am I supposed to go to a sexual trauma facility? Am I supposed to go to a Christian yoga place? Like just to Oasis, right? Like I, I looked, I looked and like the only viable potential option was maybe these two resorts that I found that were very, it was very Christian oriented, but it was like 30 grand. And I had a one and a two year old at home. And I'm like, I cannot just, God doesn't allow us, even though he allows all the plates to fall, you're still standing because he's holding you. And he's, he's caught it all. And he's telling you, release this, release this, release this. And then just like your daddy, yeah, just like your daddy, when you first learn to walk or your mommy, since we're moms and you're, you know, protecting everything, you've got pillows around them. You're like, come to me, come to me. Like, ah, it just makes me want to just cry because that's him. That's like how much he loves us and how much he protects us and how much he yearns for us to be able to walk in his goodness and understand that he's got us every step of the way. And it hurts. I think like it's just as you start to heal in the very beginning of that process, the Lord starts to take down your defensive walls mm-hmm. and that makes you feel so naked. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about in the devotional about Adam and Eve and then putting those fig leaves and hiding it in your shame. God's initial response to them wasn't condemnation. No, nope. he didn't ask why they did that. He yeah. didn't, he looked at them and said, where are you? And he poised that question to them. Not because he didn't know where they were like yeah. God's all knowing. Yeah. He's, he's, you know, omniscient, all the omnis. <laughs> he poised that question for them to think about what right. they did. Right. And then for them to choose him because right. God never forces himself on us. That was the, that was such a pivotal moment mm. for me as a mm. woman who suppressed this horrific mm-hmm. and traumatic mm-hmm. attack mm-hmm. at such a young age. I remember thinking, where was he? If he's a good God, yeah. how could he allow something like that to happen to me? Yeah. And I remember looking at my counselor and I said, you know, you know that story about the woman being about to be stoned to death and Jesus, all it took was him to sit down in the sand or squat mm-hmm. in the sand and, and kind of doodle in the sand and just ask one question. You know, like say one statement that said, let the first person who has not sinned cast the first stone. Nobody threw a stone. Why couldn't he do that for me? And I'll never forget this. My counselor looked back at me and he said, Nikki, he didn't force anyone not to throw the stone. He gave them a choice. He can't give you free will and not give it to someone else. Mm. He gave your perpetrator a choice. You have Mm. no idea what your perpetrator was being asked or what Mm. the Lord was saying to him, but he chose not to obey the Lord, Mm. but he was with you experiencing everything that you experienced, all the pain, all the trauma. He never left your side. He just waited for you in order for you to be ready to come to him to start to heal. And it was in that moment that shame, after I started talking about the things that were lies embedded in my head for over 20 years, that light started to shed on them. That darkness started to lift up and only the way that God could do it and through the misperception that the enemy used, even with God's word, to start ingraining new truth in my life. Mm. And I think that's why we can't find a rehab facility or a, you know, like a whatever. Yeah. Like 
you have to go straight to the Lord. Yeah. The Lord gives it to each yeah. and every one of us. Yeah. And I'm like, it, it makes my heart so happy to hear that you're running these coaching programs yeah. for other people. Yeah. Yeah. Like the light in you, I feel like unless you've been through something yeah. like this yeah. and come out on the other side, you can't look at someone else and start coaching them no. through it. No. You know, you no. have to have gone through yeah. it in order yeah. to relate to them. Absolutely. And that's, that's so special. Yeah. It's really incredible and not something I ever imagined myself doing, which again, that purpose and those passions just started bubbling in such a new way. And I got to do it in the authentic me, in that true identity, which you, the shame has no place in that space. It's not even possible. And like I said, even when the, the PDF came out and I was like, oh my gosh, like it was, it was moments by moment that I was like, no, no, no. And he has the power and he has the glory in the story. And it's not about any of the hardship that we've walked through. So please know that I know plenty of women who are like, oh, my story is nothing like yours. My story is, I grew up in the church and my parents were great and my parents were great. And all, all these different things where they don't feel like they have a testimony. And that Lies. is, yeah, there's, there's so much that's happening on a consistent daily basis that we have to stay so rooted in who Jesus is that it's not possible that there's not a component to what you've walked through, good or bad, that isn't relatable and isn't something you should share. Yeah, totally. And in order for you to fully know who you are in him, you have to face your own fears. Yeah. Everybody has, has experienced something in their life that has forced fear upon them in some way, shape, or form, right? Yep. So if you don't feel like your story matters right now, which I even hate using that term term because I I feel like it's thrown around everywhere, you know? Yeah, it's so true. But really, that's such an easy lie Mm -hmm. that the enemy uses to Mm -hmm. keep people from truly walking into their purpose and knowing who they are as a child of God, as an heir of Christ. So, yeah. Yeah. Shame and truth can't lie in the same Mm-mm. place, Mm-mm. you know? Yeah. So you got to remove yeah. that in order to replace. But the removing is so difficult because yeah. it just shakes up yeah. everything you've ever known and yeah. been comfortable yeah. with. Yeah. It just places you in such a... And that's why, like, the closest relationships to me, besides my husband, who was, like, literally walking me arm in arm because he was also afraid for where I was going or what I was doing and what was going to happen to our family and our marriage and our children and all those things. We pressed so hard into church, into our pastors, and and we weren't even in church at this point, y'all. So please know that I wasn't like rooted in a place that I had a comfort or a safety zone to go to. That's why I was on the on Google, <laughs> figuring out where I was going. And ultimately, and I felt like I couldn't talk to anyone no. because I was leading people at yeah, church. That's huge. I felt isolated. I was yeah. like, oh, I can't tell anyone because that's then huge. I can't lead them. Yeah, which and is that's such a lie. that is actually a huge lie, and it's also something that is burdensome on so many pastors, which is why fifteen hundred pastors yeah. are leaving the church on a daily basis because they're so isolated. It's so scary and so traumatic and it's so unnecessary that we, as an individual church, we need to have the open arms. We are the congregation today just as much as we are the pastor. And so that I like, oh, that makes me so mad, but it's also like the place where there's a call. Like there are people who are meant to help shepherd pastors. And I have the honor of knowing one of them firsthand and him and his wife are doing an incredible job of starting like in the grass seeds of that. Cause what does that look like? How do you cultivate that? Um, yeah. But I just, I think that. I think one of, oh, sorry. No, go. I think one of the hardest things for me in healing from, and that's another reason why I didn't write about how I was raped because I wanted women to know if you don't identify with that, God can identify with any one of your wounds. Mm -hmm. If it, I mean, in rejection and betrayal kind of hold hands Mm -hmm. and they look different for every person because we all have different walks of life. So for me, I wanted something that, um, they wouldn't look at my story as much as they would see him in their Mm -hmm. own stories when Mm -hmm. they were reading this chapter. But as we start talking about the rawness or, 
or not just about my chapter, but my, my experience with healing from that attack, I think the hardest thing for me in the midst of that healing was recognizing that for the longest time, I called sin after I had been abused self-preservation. I was, instead of handing that wound over to the Lord and letting Mm. him heal me, I tried to heal myself. And that looked a lot like rebellion. Yeah. I mean, girl, my teenage years, (laughs) the only reason I survived is because my mama was praying me through them. (laughs) Yeah. I was a hellion. Yeah. And I don't want that for myself. I know. I know. That's the part. I'm like such a deep rooted part of, of my why, of your why, of every mama's why. Yeah. It's I walked through so much repentance of that after, after, because when you put this victim mentality on afterwards, like you can't put on the Ephesians six armor with a victim mentality. (laughs) That's so good. To be a warrior, you got to slough off that stuff. And that was cool. That hurt my pride. Yeah. That hurt it so bad. I had to repent of partying. I had to repent Mm -hmm. of alcohol Mm -hmm. abuse. I had to repent Mm -hmm. of being promiscuous as a result, trying to find love in all the wrong mm-hmm. places. I had to repent of my anger and my doubt. Yeah. And it was in that breaking that became so, it was a pruning, yeah. you know? Oh, absolutely. pruning so yeah. much in that so healing good. period. And now the result is I'm this Isaiah 61 oak of righteousness that is unshakable. Yeah. Where before the enemy could shake me at anything and I was hidden, but I looked like I had it all together. Now I'm able to have genuine, authentic relationship, not just with him, but with my husband and with my friends and with my family. And there's nothing better than that. It's so The result isn't, you know, like writing a book or being like growing a plant. Like that's not it. No. The the result is peace and the result is getting to know who I am and getting to know Jesus and being known and being seen for real seen. Like the girl that's got her hair messed up and walking around with pants too big and her shirt too tight and her belly fat and you know, like all of those things yeah. and accepting it and knowing that it's okay. Right. And absolutely. And I think that's, that's such a, such a beautiful, like, component to this entire conversation because what starts and what's the the beauty from ashes right like he can yes. take anything and transform and it doesn't matter yeah it doesn't matter like the size of your story or the grandiose or the hurt or the pain or any of the things your pain is just as precious to god as the pain of something what you might think is grotesque right? It's just like sin is no different here as it is here. They're all created equal. And he does the exact same thing for our stories. We are all created equal and nobody gets a hierarchy based on something that they've walked through. And I think that that's so necessary for us as we link arms. And I think it's so purpose that, you know, we're in this and this isn't my book and this isn't her book. This is our book. And ultimately it's his book because that was our heart for it is that he gets the claim to fame. If you, there's no denying that if you are, are opening this book and you read 25 stories of 25 different women who've never met each other, who've never seen each other and their storylines in the first chapter, we are literally saying the exact same thing. It's not made up. This is not, this is not what people might view as the Bible. Right. Oh, this is not reality TV. That's so good. This is like legit, you guys. And so to bring it all together in the beautiful way that they did, I'm just so grateful to be a part of it. I'm grateful to be in community with a sister like you. Girl, I am so excited to read your book. When's your other book coming out? It's in the wait. Honestly, I was praying about that this morning. It's a whole nother... That's a whole nother thing, but I worked on that manuscript for three years. Wow. And just this morning, I'm actually doing Lisa Turkhurst's study on trust with okay. first and second Kings. Okay. And oh yeah. The very first paragraph just nailed me. Wow. And it talked about being okay in seasons where God says no and trusting mm-hmm. him in the no's just mm-hmm. as much as you trust him in the yeses. So I've heard yeses for so long on this manuscript and 
I was praying this week and I was like, Lord, should I reach out to a couple of the literary agents yeah. that I met at She Speaks? Yeah. I, I went to She Speaks last year too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I kept hearing no. And he kept bringing this like scripture as I'm praying. And it wow. was all like a flat out no. And wow. I was so confused. Wow. But when I read that first paragraph, Lisa Turkhurst wrote it out so beautifully that when we start pursuing something that's of our own desires and not of God's will, it's like pushing a boulder up a hill. But when we start pursuing things that are of his will for our life, it's natural and organic and it's there's freedom in it and you run into it easily. You're not running up against the wind per se. And for some time now, I've really been running against the wind with it. And I feel the Lord saying, stop right now. And I mourned that this morning. Mm. I really grieved because I've worked so hard. But I also heard this really precious whisper of a voice right after I like weeping like a baby. And I just heard him say, I've got so much more in store for you. Won't Mm. you trust me? Mm. And so I'm in a season of trusting, Mm. trusting not just in his yeses, because I have so many other opportunities, but I'm really trusting him in his nose too, which is really easy to say but difficult to walk out yeah it really is it really is and I think like it's been as I've you know gone through the last couple years similar similar paths even in that regard of saying like my prayer has been God close every door you don't want me to walk into and open every door that you would and I have prayed that prayer so many times and even just this week it's funny that we are having this conversation i've had a multitude of things that have occurred um and i woke up on tuesday or wednesday morning and i had a one-liner from somebody that i trust who's helping me in the growth of of the things that i'm working on and it said there will always be shiny objects and i was like gut check You're so right. Because the one thing that I was like leaning towards, the exact same thing that I was leaning towards, the one con of the situation was that there was no faith involved. There was no Christianity present. And what better way? I don't know. You sound like you're very similar to me. You're a high capacity person. You're like, you hear one thing. I heard God make a promise and I was like, what do you need me to do? I can do it. I'll get it done. I'll set a schedule. I love it. I love you. (laughs) I love it. And all of a sudden God was like, Hey, this isn't the Nikki show. Yeah. Like this isn't going to be based on you and what you can do and your hustle and your capabilities. I'm going to teach you what I can do. And that's such a difficult place to live in for someone like, for someone like us who are like, okay, I got it. Yeah, like, I'm ready. Do this. Yeah. He's yeah. like, no. <laughs> yeah. And it's not to say when you ask for closed doors and you ask to visibly understand the nose, it doesn't mean that it's like so transparent to us. That doesn't always mean yes. that he speaks in that way. And God will not. And a lot of times our yeah. will looks very similar to his. Yes. A lot yeah. of times our hearts, yeah. desires lo- line up with yep. our ministry, yep. line up with our call. Yep. And we have to really be prayerful and right. watch. Right. This book right here, I cannot tell you how easy it was to be a part of, mm-hmm. how organic, how mm-hmm. how different it is mm-hmm. to be a part of mm-hmm. because I'm not pushing it up a hill. Mm-hmm. I'm literally running into the wind and I'm I'm so proud and so humbled to be a part of this project, mm-hmm. but I don't feel that anymore with my manuscript. Mm-hmm. And I'm believing now that the Lord really used it as a, as a spark point in my life to really shift gears for me and, and build up my trust in him and my voice in him and become bold mm-hmm. and to really realize like, Hey, there's so much more out here than just what I was believing for my life before him. Yeah. So yeah. So interesting. So good. Yeah. I like resonating and simmering with the words that you're saying, just based on my own manuscript and where it's at. And we'll have to talk offline on all of the things because we could keep going for hours y'all. But um, Nikki, I, I am so, so honored to be in community with you and to have been a co-author in this experience. And I have a quite a good 
discernment idea vision that this won't be the last time um, that we come together to work together in some capacity. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you. And it, do you, you want any closing words for the women who have been listening, who are going to tune into the podcast? Um, just a last word remark about the book or, or your prayer for them. I just hope that everything that they heard us talk about is a reflection of him and they don't hear just us, but they hear some pieces and parallels of our stories become their own. And it really draws them closer to Jesus. I mean, that's our whole point, right? Is to put ourselves out there so that people can see him and and we can be a beacon. And so that our boldness can kind of spread throughout the world. And, and that's really what my hope is in this, that, um, women listening here will be emboldened and a lot of the lives that that have been playing on a reel in their mind they're starting to hear and see that um through our stories through the parallels that their lives and that jesus is the only way out and he's the truth that will squash them and start them on a journey of healing on their own to really get to know who they are so good so good let um everyone know where they can find you on social media before we sign off Instagram girl, Danielle Godsell, initials and Godsell. I love it. I was actually like making sure that I wasn't spelling your last name right because I was like, does she really have God in her last name? Like that's not even fair. I know it's almost blasphemous, but I can't help it. It's so good. It's so good. Well, I I can't wait to meet your husband and your beautiful kiddos. I did flash a picture of all of you guys earlier, and um, I, I like I said, I'm I'm just honored and I'm excited to see where God takes you and leaning into the no's just as much as you are in the yeses. Yes. All right, y'all. We'll see you later. Hey, y'all. It's me again. I hope in today's episode, you sense and ignite to an ember within you, something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway by snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fit and faith underscore podcast or me personally at Tamara.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the fit and faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time. Hey there, it's Nicole Eunice from the How to Study the Bible podcast, and I'd love to invite you to join us as we weekly discover a passage of God's Word together. From beginning to end, from principles to practicals, we are here to make sure that God's Word is powerful and relevant to your life. If that sounds like something you're looking for, I would love to invite you to subscribe. You can go to lifeaudio.com and search How to Study the Bible, and we'll see you there.